Well, hello, friends. Welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, all about the messages we hear each and every week. I'm your host, Nathan Story, and today we're playing a game of where in the world are the Lake Forest pastors, because we have a lot of people joining us uh, remotely, and this is just the joy of doing a podcast uh, one year into the quarantine, and uh, I'm just so thankful for everyone that, that takes the time to to jump on the show wherever they are, and uh, we have two traveling guests with us, Mitch White and Aaron Gibson today. Hey guys, thanks for being here. Hey, hey, good to be here. So excited. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so this is the first time, uh, I'm excited, this is kind of a unique show, a first for us. This is the first time we've had two uh, regular kind of teaching pastors from Lake Forest. We've had Aaron on with our guest pastors, but these are uh, two men, two preachers who speak to us regularly as a family of churches, and that, that'll be a neat dynamic. So I thought we would just, I've got a flow chart here. I'm going to rank you guys on who I think is the best, pa- uh, wait, that's probably, we probably shouldn't do that. Probably shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> not just kidding. Uh, we're not yeah, going to get into we're both, we're both wondering if you're going to have your job after. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Okay, touche, touche. Even those jokes are bad, probably. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Mitch with us at Westlake, and it's always a joy to hear uh, from you, Mitch. Thanks for being with us here and on the show. And uh, Caesar is uh, carrying the bag of rocks this week, as Aaron says. That's his metaphor for preaching. So he's taking the, the, the week off of the show, and Aaron's joining us. So I'm excited to talk about Mitch's sermon with Aaron and, and with Mitch. And uh, why don't we just we jump into it? We're in a series called The Whole Story, where we go through the entire story of the Bible uh, for the year of 2021. It's been a real gift so far to our people. And uh, I feel like I'm talking a lot, so why don't we just uh, go get into it? Mitch, you tell us about uh, this particular sermon, your preparation, and, and what you, you thought about and how you prepared for this sermon on the Ten Commandments. We walked through Moses and the Law and Ten Commandments this week. So yeah, give us the rundown. Yeah, so um, prepping this one is kind of actually a little bit of a change in the story. Uh, so I always love, uh, that's the biggest part of what I love about this whole story is if folks can kind of see the whole piece of it flowing through. And so, yeah, the story changes in this one that, you know, the people of Israel are for the first time, uh, they're a nation under God um, and he is their king and uh, so it's kind of fun to see, all right, they just came out of uh, uh, living under Pharaoh's law and everybody else's law. Now what does God expect from them? And then unpacking uh, not only uh, the Ten Commandments, but all the laws that uh, God gives them and what does he expect from them. So that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, the Ten Commandments is something perhaps one of the most recognizable things from the Bible if you're outside of the church. I feel like it's something you at least have heard of, you know, because we see it in the, uh, we see it in courtrooms, or we have seen it in courtrooms in the past, that kind of thing. So it's it's interesting that this is kind of a very, um, there's probably some weight to it, even if you're not a part of church, if you're not a person of faith. Is that is that a uh, an intimidating thing to, to, to approach? Is that something that you feel confident doing? No, I feel it's uh, one of it is it, it is such familiarity, and so uh, it's not one that you have to delve into much. Most people understand uh, some of those, but they don't understand all of them. And 
but it's it's interesting. I I played with the idea. Do I just unpack every one of those um, commandments and just go complete application? Okay, this is what this one means. This is what that means. And but I think the the bigger part is people don't really grab a hold of um, the behind the scenes on this one. So I felt like it was more important to understand the the laws as a whole and and why they came. And that's that's the part you don't hear much. Most of Everybody kind of knows, okay, this is number one, this is number two, or don't do this, don't do that. That makes sense. But uh, but understanding the bigger picture behind it was more important for me. Yeah, and that, it was really neat um, to hear that to hear that come out. One of the things, I'm going to jump ahead kind of to, towards the end of your sermon. You mentioned this kind of flow that I thought was really fascinating in a way that I hadn't heard the Ten Commandments spoken about before. But one of the, your closing points, one of your closing applications was this uh, – this kind of three-part thought that that sin gives way to judgment, judgment opens the door for grace, and yes, grace frees so us. Good. Yeah, grace frees us from the slavery of sin. There's almost a cyclical thing in there, and that was just kind of interesting. But I loved that that framework uh, for the law. What? How did you kind of come to that? How did that uh, come to you? Yeah, I made that all up. Um, you know, <laughs> well, I thought so. I just. <laughs> Did I want to hear you, the you went, on, you went up on a mountain and God gave it to you on a tablet. Is that I how that did, works? I did, <laughs> you know, and well, I, I went up on the mountain, gave it to God, said, Hey, you can use that if you like. Um, <laughs> if you haven't figured out what you've been doing. So, no, it's, um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, so it's been a, a I'm not sure where I, I gained that understanding, but it's been in my head for a number, for a while. And, uh, and it's just fascinating for me to follow it all the way through scripture. And, yeah. you know, every one of the things that you just see, and, and I think a lot of it came out of the Old Testament studies of a lot of people think, you know, God, because of the law, because of his commands, because of his rules, he's just this judgmental God. But yeah. every single story, every no exception, there's always grace. Somehow grace mm. shows up. Yeah. And so I just, you know, in this one, I began, you know, to play in this of, okay, so where in the bigger scheme of this is the grace? And, and then Paul gives us that answer when I, you know, when you look at the passage of, in the Galatians passage of uh, the law was given until the seed can come. And so there it was for me, it was, uh, okay, there's your judgment, the law, yeah, but it's there in order to pave the path for grace. Uh, so that's, um, it's just been a common theme that as I study scripture, I'm always looking for that. And as I look at, which has helped really govern my own life is as I'm looking at people, okay, I can't go, jump just from sin to grace. Um, mm. Judgment's a good thing. Judgment can be a really good thing, but our culture doesn't like that word a lot. Yeah, yeah Mitch, I, I, I kept thinking as you were preaching, I thought that was so good because, you know, uh, at least in my common, common experience with people, um, People will take that word judgment and they'll use it interchangeably with what we might call being judgy. Yep. And, and it seems to me you were using the word in a different way, you know, that, that it, at least in the biblical sense, there's nothing judgy about judgment the way God uses it in the Bible. Does that, does that yeah. seem to strike you right? Uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right uh, on that. And, um, and I think the, Honestly, I think some of the difference in that, the judgy piece, uh, when a lot of people uh, are accused of being judgy, I think it's because the grace is removed. And that's, oh, uh, yeah. 
you know, if you, if you take the grace, if, if I'm, if my goal was just to judge you, then I am being judging. But if my goal is to get you to grace, then judgment um, is a good thing. So I think that's the missing connection. Yeah. I, I remember, I can't remember where I read this, but it was made so much sense to me that, that, you know, we often think of the judge in a courtroom. Uh, that's what we right. think of when we think of judgment. And, and the downside of that is that that comes with this punishment attached to it. And I actually had somebody, or I read this, can't remember where this was, where I said, you know, a better metaphor in our culture is that of an umpire in a baseball game. Mm-hmm. He's, oh. he's just called to make a judge, a judgment. He's, he's called to, he's supposed to call balls, balls. He's supposed to call strikes, strikes, right? Like he's, yeah. he's simply called to tell the truth about whatever that pitch was. And, uh, that, that's been real helpful for me. I kept thinking about that as you were talking about, you know, are, am I willing to tell the truth about stuff, not just in other people's lives, but even more so in my own yeah. life, which is often harder. Yeah. And, it, and even more so, am I willing to invite it? Uh, I think that's yeah. the biggest challenge for me is, uh, you know, when I, there are times when people speak truth to me and I appreciate that, but it's very rare that I'll invite it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the place for me of being able to say that, you know, that's a good thing. I need to have that in my life and I need to invite people into that piece. Yeah. I, I, it's so interesting. You think of a judge as this kind of foreboding kind of figure. If you think about any portrayal on television or anything like that, you think of a judge as this, this kind of scary, intimidating figure. And, and you know, what you're saying, Aaron is, is really interesting because, you know, a judge is, is not really, has has a job without the law so in a way the judge isn't the law the judge is there to kind of in, enforce the law and it's just interesting mm-hmm. to kind of divorce those two and to take out the judginess from the law and as as i uh listen back over to, to your sermon this morning mitch i was i was struck by uh, one of the other points you made about how um you know the law exists to kind of show us our need for grace and so mm. the, the the image that popped into my head is the law is actually just kind of like a mirror, isn't it? And so we do yeah. ourselves and our peers a disservice when we, we point that mirror outwards, when really what that mirror is trying to be is something that we point at ourselves and show us how much we need it. Yeah. So, Nathan. Yeah, that's good. That is real good. And, uh, and, and it's interesting in that I think that's the judgy piece is, a lot of people don't like you turning the mirror toward them because right. uh, they they want to reflect that mirror back to you and go, who are you to turn that mirror on me? And but the the reality in that is, uh, again, I just I really believe that the the grace piece of it is so important that they can't be disconnected uh, because I know that I've got my brokenness in my own life, and and realizing that means one place it feels like I can never say to somebody else they have brokenness in their life. When that's mm-hmm. not true, uh, if my goal is the is to be able to say, you have brokenness as well, and we both need grace. Uh, but if I'm just turning it at you that you're the one broken, I don't need grace, well, then somebody's not going to listen to that. But we owe that to each other. We owe, uh, we owe that stuff and that walk with each other. Uh yeah. Well, Mitch, so I, 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 I was going to say, I, I was so struck. I mean, there's so much in, I told you, this is, man, you, you just brought it in this one. And, and mm-hmm. for any of our listeners who haven't heard this message, I highly, highly commend it. Go, go find it on, on our YouTube page or Facebook. Uh, it's so worth it. Um, 
But one of the things that you mentioned kind of at the beginning that I, I guess I knew, but you made me think about it in a different way was that, you know, we're in this whole story thing. And so we're going from beginning to end. And, and I, I guess I had not seen this or I'd forgotten this, but God's people are coming out of Egypt and they've never had to think about what kind of laws are going to govern how they live together, how they do their life together. Right. And so in a, in a way that's a, that's this kind of picture of chaos or something, right? Like there's, there's no governance to them. And so God gives them this, what, what the new Testament writers call this beautiful law, right? It was look at this and look how beautiful and just this laws. So God gives them these laws, not just, not just so that they know when they're out of step, but so that they actually know how to, govern how to how to live life together you know how to handle relationships with our neighbors and, and what that looks yeah. like and and you called out some funny things on that what 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 gave rise to that in your sermon prep what 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 led you in that direction yeah it's um again it's the it's the beginning of a story again the new piece of it for me is um the okay now we're i, I just think we do an injustice we don't track the people especially of israel especially through the old testament and carrying their story and so you got to grab a hold of the fact that okay they this is uh they became a people while they were in egypt but they've been under somebody else's rule and now uh the other catch on this and this is really important i'll give away some of the other story that i hope uh, we'll unpack as a church is this is the first time god is king and so he's given some rules uh, for what it means to be king. There comes later in the story in the Old Testament where they choose that they don't want God to be king anymore. Um, and what's fascinating in that as well is uh, you go through the book of Judges, and what do judges do? Judges judge according to the king's rule. Well, then you get to the prophets. Uh, why not more judges? Well, you don't bring more judges because they're not following the king's rule. They're not. They don't want God to be king anymore, uh, and mm-hmm. so there's no need for judges. He calls in prophets to say you need to start following the king again. So I just I think that whole piece of it and all these stories is just to see why the rules are important because you've got this king. The other interesting connection for it for me is I believe the Ten Commandments, all these rules are very, very similar to the New Testament letters. Uh, Paul's writing Mm. to the church are really the ways, okay, you're the church. This is the first time you've been the church. Here's what it means for Uh, the church to live together. So there is a correlation uh, to the people of Israel starting and the church starting, and we're given writings on both sides of how does it mean to live together. Wow, that is wow. remarkable catch there, Mitch. I, I I say this probably every week, and Aaron can attest to this on the podcast. I I'm just blown away by uh, by how much I'm learning about the connectivity between the Old Testament and the New New Testament. I think that's yeah. that's so true. You know, growing up in in Sunday school and hearing about the Ten Commandments, you know that guy that went up the mountain and brought those rocks down. You know that guy. <laughs> I remember just being being struck by just how. Um, most of the ten, the 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 commandments in the of the ten were pretty simplistic stuff, you know. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, don't kill anyone. Well, that 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 seems like a no brainer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, good, that's a good thing. Yeah, but then it, <laughs> you know, there's some other ones that I feel like are 
there's just become so much deeper when you think about honoring your father and mother, you think about something like that, or you think about like coveting, there's just, there's some that just seems so much more, it could be so much more hidden uh, than the obvious Yeah. ones. And, th and those are the ones that I feel like are the easiest ones for us as a people. And probably as you're talking about in the old Testament, probably the, the Israelite people who, who had idolatry come into their, people and then even in uh in the new testament churches you can you can kind of see some of that stuff and i i you know i just wonder about how we are supposed to recognize the one the law and and the uh the things that we need more and more help with because some of them again some of them are so easy <laughs> like don't kill Right. anyone all right i can do that Yeah. that's easy and the other ones just Right. like kind of seep into our brains like mm, don't covet well my my neighbor's got a really nice boat Uh, I'd, I'd Yeah. really like a really nice boat, you know, so Yep. it struck Yeah. me how Well, I was gonna. those 10 Yeah. just are a wide swath of things that are really just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask both of you guys <laughs> if you could share which ones you struggle with the most. The most. I almost asked Oh yeah, that. yeah, I almost yeah, yeah. said that. Hold on. I think my connection's getting bad right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm bringing judgment. Um, because I love you guys. Um, Well, well, see, real, well, real talk time, like, you know, Jesus says, if you have anger in your heart, you, it's you're committing murder. If you have lustful thoughts in your heart, then you're committing adultery. So I get I mean, the answer is probably all of them, right? Well, we, we, we struggle with all of them. As much as I just said that the, some of those are easy, they're not. Yeah, which is the, again, is the part for me of uh, you have to ask the question, well, why did Jesus make it bigger than that, than just those simple pieces? And, and again, I think it is part of what the law is supposed to do. It's supposed to bring us to a place of saying, boy, if I really think about this, I can't do this. I Yeah. am in need of a figure. And so it is the direction toward the grace. And, you know, the other fascinating thing that I'd love to spend some time at some point is um, what was life like for an Israelite underneath Pharaoh as to why these were the 10 that God said, you need to live this way. And so how were they, because you got to imagine they lived completely opposite in a culture who uh, did Uh, lust after one another, who did uh, covet, who did, you know, you got to imagine that that's the culture they probably came out of. And, and Yeah. it'd be interesting to do some study on that. Yeah, it's very much a reflection So I don't, of where I they've don't know been, if Aaron's right? done any. Do what? Well, you, you know, it's, I was thinking about that, Nathan, your question's so good. Like why these 10, right? And I, it, it strikes me part of the beauty of the 10 commandments. If we can, if we can embrace more of the Jesus thing, the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law, right? Like, Yeah. you know be that would be a pretty beautiful picture of humanity if everybody actually abided by those and it kind of it kind of reminds me you know, in our welcome 101 class uh where folks can explore more about lake forest and and more about their story and our story and god's story uh one of the quotes that we uh have
if people actually, if, if I could, and we could actually live by this. Yeah. So it's, uh, the other parts for me, I know we've talked some about, you know, how do I prepare the, how do we prepare as preachers? How do you do? Um, it's interesting. The, some of the reason why I love, uh, preaching, uh, multiple weeks as well. So this week I'll be preaching over at Huntersville and I'm looking at the story of Caleb and Joshua and I won't give it away, but the, the, the gist of it is, uh, especially for Caleb and Joshua, they were forced into a situation that for the next 40 years, if they don't live by the 10 commandments, um, there, there's no way for them to exist. And mm-hmm. so it's, uh, you, uh, you'll have to listen in at another time uh, for that, but it's, uh, it's interesting watching Caleb and Joshua's life. Um, they're forced into something that I actually believe the only way they uh, survive for 40 years is by obeying the Ten Commandments. So, wow, Mitch, that, that puts it in context. Like, uh, like it was, this really was essential to their life like just in Absolutely. a real practical way yeah so so what you're saying Absolutely. is nathan and i should play hooky from westlake this sunday and come over to huntersville <laughs> <laughs> okay or, or at least uh, watch the video later i was gonna say in the, in the digital right, well, age oh, yeah. we have we have no excuse not to be able to hear a sermon in, in the digital age because we could just <laughs> there watch we it go. Like later, the, right <laughs> the interwebs the interwebs yes. well mitch that's such a fascinating yeah. idea because i'm over here thinking uh, as aaron's talking about um about you know a, a utopia where everyone abides by these rules i'm over here thinking is that even possible and not to get too philosophical yeah. with it is is yeah. it not that god would necessarily do this because i believe he had a purpose for doing it at the time but without jesus you know would, would you it's not possible right it's not possible to kind of have this this righteousness kind of recreated within us through jesus through grace uh, because a, a society that completely follows the 10 commandments doesn't seem like it could exist these days i don't know it's (laughs) it's hard it's hard to think it is and i uh which i you know it's we can think that we can follow one of them on our own but even i'm trying to figure out which one of those that would be and yeah (laughs) uh, because even okay uh only the only reason i can follow any of them is by the empowerment of the holy spirit and i have what jesus enables and uh, and you know I can get away with it for a while, but boy, there again, there there are a number of things that happen in our life uh, uh, all the time that just push every one of those. Um, okay, I want I can honor my father and mother, okay, until father and mother make a decision different than I am. You know, yeah, I can yeah, I can yeah. not murder uh, well until I'm just filled with hatred and anger at somebody, and uh, yeah. So it's you're exactly right, Nathan. That uh, we can't. I don't think we can do any of it without the power of Jesus. Well, and that even the examples you're talking about there, Mitch, kind of brings that back to that mirror idea for me, where it's like so many of our sins come at response from to what other people have sinned and done, and so when, yeah. in order to kind of get past that is like you're saying through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit by looking at what our response could be to those things, those outward influences yeah. and situations. Yeah. yeah. That's and uh, again, I think it's that Hard grace. To do. That great, yeah, it's that grace yeah. piece, though. It is. Uh, yeah. I've got to be able to see that judgment in my own life leads to grace. Um, now, what's interesting as well is a lot of times we can make that connection, 
But I think in our culture, I don't think we actually make the connection from grace to sin. Uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't, okay, I'm good with judgment and now you're going to give me grace. Okay. Can I go and sin again? Yeah. Uh, and and that's the part that we don't make the connection. Well, what grace does is it frees you. Uh, you're out of Egypt now. Why go back? Uh, is really the, the question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mitch, so many intriguing thoughts coming out of Sunday. Thank you again for sharing your heart with us and your time. Yeah, thank uh, and you, thanks guys. For, thanks for joining us on the show to, to kind of dissect these thoughts. And and uh, Aaron, thanks for yeah. joining us as well. That's all the time yeah. we have for this week's episode. Yeah, any closing thoughts, guys, before we do go? I think well, you well, proved I was, that. If we I was both... just going to say not to forget the 11th commandment, which I've tried to teach our church very carefully, that thou shalt not blend chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That there old adage. Go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, only other, the only other thought I had is you just proved today that if Aaron and I were sharing a pulpit, I'd out-talk him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so. Well, I'm I glad I brought that up then. I'm glad I brought that up. <laughs> Just throw them in a cage and see who wins. <laughs> well, friends, we want to thank you so much for joining us and listening to the show this week. Again, thanks to Mitch and Aaron for being a part of the conversation. Thanks, guys. Join us every week when we ask those who speak to us to tell us more. Goodbye.